When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Ben, how you doing? I am doing pretty well, Mr. B. Scott Good. Benjamin, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, thank you. I've got, um, I've got a couple things I want to get off my chest before we start this one. All right. It's totally catching you by surprise here, but uh, just a couple things. I will absolve and you. And I promise you it, it eventually leads into what we're talking about today. Uh, that's fine, either all right. way. All right. Things I saw today. Stuff Scott sees? Yeah, and I guess not all of them are today, but uh, Stuff Scott sees, yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, this morning... On the way in, I, I rounded a corner here in uh, in Georgia, and I saw a Can-Am Spider. You know, the three, yeah. three-wheel three motorcycle, yeah, the, three, the one with yes. the two in front and uh, supposedly really easy to ride thing. Mm-hmm. Bright yellow, really cool. I just I, I rarely see these. I've seen maybe two or three in all of Atlanta, and I saw one this morning. I thought that was pretty interesting. That's nuts. Did it, yeah. were, were they driving or was you know it what? parked? I was going uh, right, and they were turning left onto the road that I just came from. So I didn't get to see it really at all. I didn't get to look at it. Um, but I don't know, just kind of interesting. I never never really get to see that stuff. Another mm-hmm. thing I saw today. What's that? <laughs> this is not very interesting, I don't think, to many people. I don't know. The spider's pretty So I pull into the gas one. station, and I'm not getting fuel. I just pull in, and there's a white car that's next to me. It's a Chevy, what is those, HHR, I think. One looks kind of like the um, PT Cruiser kind of looking oh, thing. Yeah, similar, okay. anyways. Yes, yes. White car covered with mud, right, on mm-hmm. the whole side, the, the passenger side, which is where I am. So I thought, well, that's kind of weird that they were, you know, you just don't see that very often. Maybe, I guess they got splashed. Or we're in the city. Right? We're in the, yeah, you don't and see that. And it's covered with mud, a real dark, dark mud. So I, I get out of the car, and I quicker, quickly realize that this is manure. A what? What? Manure. And it's a white car covering the side of the car. I mean, huh. it was it was horrible the smell. The size of that cow, Scott. I, I don't know. The I, size of that cow must be. I thought it was odd. It's a gigantic cow. Yeah. And like I said, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but uh, I figured I'd mention are, them. Are you kidding? This is a public service. Well, we I need know. to warn people to look out for that cow. <laughs> now, now, here's a couple things I've seen in the past, and these do lead into what we're talking about. I, love, I do love a segment. All right. I have seen uh, recently a Volkswagen bug that was red, a beetle. Mm-hmm. It was dragging its horn on the road in front of it as it was driving down the road, which I thought was a little strange. That is Just a, Yeah, and the person gets up to the, the traffic light or whatever, you know, because I see this thing hanging in front of just two wires or whatever, one wire or whatever mm-hmm. it was. It's dangling on the ground, so it's, it's bumping along in front of it. The person gets up to the light, and the person uses 
the horn that is honk, you know, that is hanging down below to honk at the person when the light turns green. You know how that, you know, I mentioned that that's one of my peeves. Yeah, so yes. I'm already looking at this, this red, it's a brand new bug for whatever reason, the, uh, the, the horns hanging off of this thing on the ground and it's operational. Weird. I know. Strange. Well, but, that is strange, but usually, you know, usually people, I, I would say I do have a stereotype about people driving bugs and beetles in my experience they tend to be pretty nice people. So agreed. And I you know, I can't yeah. I, honestly I know that this sounds terribly boring to anybody else, but I just thought these were some unusual things that I spotted this morning and maybe the last couple of days. And this one, this last one, ties into exactly what we're gonna talk about today. Here we go. Volkswagen Beetle History. That's it. Simple That's as what that. We're talking because about. Uh, we've got a couple of uh boy man, this just isn't quite going right. Are you serious? Yeah, I know. I don't know. A great a, job. Okay, I'm having, it seems like I'm having uh, a fun time. Quiet room, tough room today. Well, it's tough, tough room. room huh? Tough room. You yeah, doing that Mel Brooks room. thing? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've got a couple of pieces of listener mail that have been interested in the Volkswagen Beetle in particular. Yes. And uh, I know we're going to make one guy stand up and cheer here, but the other one just kind of mentioned it in passing. So I'll mention him first. He might cheer too. Um, his name is Clint, and Clint uh, is from. From the internet. Clint from the internet. Yeah, that's right. He didn't tell us where he's from, so he's from the internet. Um, he wanted a podcast, want to hear a podcast about the VW Westphalia or the history of the VW Beetle, and we're taking the Beetle road mm-hmm. today. The next one, now this is a guy that's really into the Volkswagen Beetle, I can tell, and, and I've got the photos to prove it here. He sent a lot of images along with this, but um, he sent me a lengthy email, which you know I, I like, of course. He sent, um, his name is Gary... And I'll give you his uh, his nickname here, Gary Skiprat Higgins. Skiprat. That's right. He's nice the, one, Gary. He's from the UK, and he also had a couple of suggestions for our nicknames based mm-hmm. on today's topic. And his, oh, yeah? Yeah. So here we go. Ben Baja Bolin. Baja. Baja. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Like the Baja bug. Uh-huh. And uh, Scott the Thing Benjamin. The Thing. Yeah. Scott the Thing Benjamin. What do you think about that? He, and he calls himself Skiprat. <laughs> <laughs> so Baja the Thing and Skiprat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he sent a lot of good photos, but um, he says that he's noticed something about our podcast, and, and particularly, I guess, the way he views our podcast or listens to them. Oh, yeah? He says that no matter what our topic is, he can somehow relate it to his favorite topic, his favorite species of auto, as he calls it, uh, the, the, the air-cooled VW. Hmm. So he, he gives me a bunch of examples here. He says low-tech farm equipment. He saw a farmer one time that was plowing a field with something that looked like it used to be a VW bug. Kind of Kind of strange. Um, alternate uh, alternate engines. He's talking about um, like the you know the Porsche flat six, a V8, Subaru engines that you can put into Volkswagen Beetles that we talked about. Uh, Jay Leno has a VW bug in his collection, or yeah, VW bus mm-hmm. in his collection, mm-hmm. his massive collection. Uh, the Gumball Rally that we talked about that's been done in a bug. Um, there's also movie cars. You know, of course, there's Herbie, and um, there's a Volkswagen bus in that Little Miss Sunshine movie that he mentions. Um, also says Pike's Peak. He's actually he says someone must have gone up Pike's Peak in a modified bug, and I think he's probably right. Mm-hmm. I would think that someone has because there's a ton of classes in that that race. Uh, vehicle wraps. I uh, met a guy in a car park one time who um, uh, did his own wrap up on his own. Uh, yeah, on a, he has a bay window van, and uh, he did his own vehicle wrap on that vehicle. Um, concourse shows, and he goes on and on and on with the yeah. list of, of, of similarities you can draw between just about every topic that we talk about and the Volkswagen Bug, or Beetle, as it's called. Well, you know what that reminds me of, Scott, just a little bit? Uh, <clears throat> some of my friends, when they just have children, 
everything you talk about goes back, you know, can somehow relate <laughs> you know, to I this can, child. I can understand. I, I really yeah. do. And I know you understand. You talk about that Monte Carlo all the time. Yeah, man. So no matter what we're talking about, you try to slip that in somehow, right? But for the grace of that beautiful car, <laughs> see, I so would be walking. You can't, I mean, you can't fault Gary for this. I mean, I'm he's, not, he's, yeah. It's just his, uh, his frame of mind. Right now he has a, uh, a 71 Bay Window VW Camper. That's and he's had it for more than 15 years. Wow. And um, <laughs> he's sent photos of this. He's, he has actually swapped yeah, an I engine. Oh, you remember this? I, th- I remember the photo. Yeah, he's got the engine of this thing. He was on mm. his way to a festival, I believe. Um, and he swapped the engine in this thing, it just in a parking lot, it looks like, and it's laying out on a, on a crate. Um, he and a couple of guys are at the back of this thing. They've got the engine out, the exhaust out, everything out. He did this in two hours. He changed the engine with it. And he said all he had was a scissor jack and adjustable spanner and a screwdriver. And that's well, it. And, and an ironclad will. Exactly. Two <laughs> hours. He swapped the engine out and they made it to the festival. That's amazing. Cool, huh? Yeah. So, um. I don't know, for these guys, for uh, Clint and Gary, we're going to talk about uh, mm-hmm. the Volkswagen Beetle today. Yes, let's, and when we start, uh, to quote the uh, Mad Hatter there, let's start at the beginning and go through the middle, <laughs> and then we'll get to the end. All right. We'll try to make this quick, because that was a heck of a long Oh, intro. that was the Caterpillar. Well, was whatever, that, like, that was good. We yeah, did listener sure. mail already. Well, you know? to get to get into, into this, really, and I'm mm-hmm. going to give you a tiny bit of Porsche information, because mm-hmm. um, really, Ferdinand Porsche was the guy who had the idea for the Volkswagen Beetle. Or the and, bug. And what is the idea? Well, the idea is that it's the it, – this this was, in, in a way, you know, it's his his idea. I'm, I'm kind of talking across myself here, but in in a way it was it was Porsche's idea, but Hitler came up with – yeah, that's right. Hitler comes into this. A, kind of raised Adolf Hitler. We're not talking a, about, you know, some Jeremy no, Hitler. No, 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 no. This else. is Adolf Hitler. He's he came, the big one. He comes into the picture in a moment, but but first got to tell you about Porsche. So let's right. just do that, and we'll, we'll yeah. get into it. Okay? Yes. All right. Uh, so, um, first of all, you hear a lot of pop, a lot of people say that the, the Volkswagen Beetle or Bug was Hitler's idea. Not necessarily true. Yeah. He, he kind of, he, he used his power to kind of take over that idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really Porsche's idea, Ferdinand Porsche. Now, this is, uh, this is you know, turn of the century type stuff because he was born in 1875. So, um, you're talking about, you know, real early, early 20th century stuff right here. Um he at the time, you know, he was working on. Um, he worked for Astro Daimler, which which made Mercedes, and um, he also worked on the uh, Mercedes SSK road cars, which are probably what made him the most famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, again, at the time, he was by like the 30s, maybe the early 30s. He was known as um, Germany's best engineer, if not, you know, the best engineer in the world at that point in time. So, um, you know, extremely well known. He went to. He ended up going to a motorcycle manufacturer, NSU, which also was the company, I believe, that made that radial engine or rotary engine that we talked about um, in the Rotary Engine podcast. Yes. Uh, so he worked for NSU, and that's where he developed uh, something that he called the Type 32, which was a rear-mounted, air-cooled, flat-four um, engine that, that eventually went into um, this prototype that he had that, I'll tell you, looks an awful lot like the Volkswagen Beetle that you and I know. Oh yeah. So yeah, the the prototype in '32 looks just like you. You would be able to you know pick it out instantly as a Volkswagen Beetle. It sounds like it has some of the main characteristics: rear-mounted, air-cooled. Ex- exactly. So in now this is now again this is like 1931, 32 is is the year. Okay. Um, in 1933, that's when Hitler became chancellor. Oh uh, yes. And um, in '34 at the Motor Show, that's when. Um, 
Hitler decided that he announced that he wanted um, the, the same type of car that, that Porsche was already building. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want, you know, something that's going to be affordable, something that's, you know, for, for everybody. The and he calls car. Exactly. So you know the you know the name means, right? Yeah. Well, I know the English name of it. Oh, go ahead. Well, I thought it was the people's car. It, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I oh, wait, maybe yeah, had a little more dramatic uh, lead into it. No, no, that's all. That's all. Oh. I thought maybe you had a little. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did no, I, it's okay. Still the no, not at all. Not at all. I just thought. Uh, never mind. You know what? Let's do it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's put in. <laughs> we'll put in a drum roll, what? and then and then we'll both say it together. Okay, ready. The, the people's, people's car. car. Yeah, that's right. So they had the people's car, right? And uh, now this is, at this point, it's a, and I'm doing air quotes, collaboration between Porsche and Hitler at this point because he really just said, I want you to do this. Can I just take a moment to say this is pretty much typical behavior of politicians. You know, it's it's just very advantageous to say, Oh, that good idea is now somehow my idea. Yeah, and, and you're already with it. yeah you're already working on it. So uh, why don't we work together? Mm-hmm. By and, which uh, I mean I'll just yeah. <laughs> make it seem as though I told you to yeah, do that. Yeah, I, I, that's that's exactly where this is going because um, remember Porsche was building tractors by 1934. Yes, and uh, remember we talked about those too from 34 to you know the early 60s I think, mm. and uh, so he was already working on what he thought was like a you know the the affordable version of a tractor for everybody. Now he's trying to work on the affordable version of a car for everybody. And, you know, Hitler steps in at that point and says, um, you know, he wants it he wants it to be small, durable, air-cooled, which is exactly what Porsche is working on, right? Right. And he called it the Volkswagen that we talked about. And he said he also wants it to be less than 1,000 marks, which is right about 250 bucks. So a very affordable car. Sure. Um, you know, again, we're talking about the, the early 30s, so $250. That was a significant amount of money at that time, but not so much that every family couldn't still get one if they had saved and you know, mm-hmm. planned for this. Um, that's kind of the idea is that, you know, not everybody's going to instantly be able to get one, but it will be a lot easier than the uh, the you know, automobile prices that were already there. Right, you know, something they, reasonable for the middle class to aspire exactly, to. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so at that point, he ordered three prototypes to be built. Um, and... So then, you know, that when the prototypes were requested from Hitler, um, mm-hmm. Porsche went on a, a tour of American factories, manufacturing plants in, in about, in the, you know, mid-30s, 1935, I think it was. And uh, by 1936, he did have the three prototypes ready. So there are three prototype Volkswagens ready to go in 36. And uh, now the, Hitler announces then in, later in 37 that they're going to go into production and they're going to build a new factory, which is now the Wolfsburg factory, which is still there. Um, but here's what happened. Um, so, well, actually, then Porsche goes back to America, mm-hmm. recruits technicians. You know, he's getting this whole thing rolling, you know, re- ready to go. Then the war hits. So we're talking World War II hits, and mm-hmm. uh, Hitler is otherwise occupied. He's got some stuff going on. He's got some things, some other things on his plate at that point. So... Um, the, the, the strange thing about this is he, he says, well, we've got this idea going, you know, that's already going well. Now I need a military vehicle. And he says, can we adapt what we've got to be a military vehicle? Can and, we essentially weaponize mm-hmm. the Beetle? Exactly, yeah. Somehow make it uh, make it usable by our troops. And um, so, of course, he does that. He, he modifies the Beetles and he, he creates, um, I think it was, um, I don't know how many uh, military vehicles, but he did... He did create these these military vehicles that they looked a lot like a jeep. They had you know big off road tires, mm-hmm. and um, one of them, one of them is this uh, this Schwimmen wagon. 
Schwimmin wagon. Schwimmin wagon. Is that, a swim- a, is, is that an ATV? Is it an amphibious vehicle? Really? I, you know, I don't even know if I, pr- I, I know I didn't pronounce that Could right, it? but, but here's a, uh, here's a picture of it. And, um, uh-huh. so you can look this up online. It's, it's schwim wagon. Uh, schwim wagon. Oh, schwim wagon. Be schwim wagon. That's right. Right. You're right. Schwimm-wagen. I'm not even going to try anymore. Swim wagon. <laughs> so he made a uh, made a swim wagon, which is an amphibious vehicle that yeah. looks like a Volkswagen. You can see the the Beetle characteristics mm-hmm, in this thing definitely. if you look it up. And I guess it would go as fast as about fifteen miles per hour on the water, which is not bad, really. Not bad, especially not on water. Bad. And for something that really wasn't designed to be an amphibious vehicle to begin with, it was just modified yeah. and to make it work. It's World War Two. Exactly. Yeah, World War Two. I mean, right. back then, that's a while ago. You're right. Um, so. Here's the strange part about this is the Wolfsburg plant was still building these things. And um, after the war, um, the, the original blueprints were still in the factory. They're in the factory. And that factory happens to be within the British territory. So they no start, way. Yeah, so they start producing um, up to 1,000 Volkswagens a month in like the 1940, late 40s. It's like 1946, I think, they started making about 1,000 um, Volkswagen a month. The British? The, yeah, that's right. Wow. Which is really strange. I mean, so they've got the, the, the blueprints, the factory, mm-hmm. everything's there. They just do it. Can't blame them. Yeah, I guess you can't. So, that's a good idea. Um, I guess we could, it, we could kind of skip forward here. You know, it's a popular car. It became mm-hmm. popular in the U.S. around uh, the, like around the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Flower child. Exactly. Let's yeah, paint and, some flowers and on that bug. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of other designs, like the Super Beetle, and then there was um, you know some suspension upgrades in that and mm-hmm. some steering, you know, Issues that were that were ironed out. Um, oh wait, before we before we leave uh, World War Two, just just a real quick segue. One of the interesting things, um, Scott, we earlier mentioned the requirements that Hitler claimed to have come up with for the perfect people's car of mm-hmm. Germany, right? And they happened to pretty much have a one to one match with all the stuff Porsche was already doing. Yeah, isn't that strange? It's co- it's convenient. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. It's almost unbelievably convenient. Yeah. But there's also we we almost skipped my my favorite one, which is where he said, uh, you know, nowadays we have a reputation uh, or we have a common stereotype of these bugs and beetles as being smaller vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to Adolf Hitler, they were the exact specifications he wanted for to be able to fit the perfect German family in there. Oh, boy. Remember? Yeah, I do remember Which this. is yeah. like two parents and then two kids and somehow always a baby. Yeah, yeah, Because who right. are you going to fit in that middle seat? Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. <laughs> it was designed to fit five people, which was two adults, three children, and like you said, the, the, uh, the, the ideal German family is what he called that. Which is ridiculous to me to think that uh, that design, you know, the question is, did Porsche modify any sort of design stuff or was that just something that was politically beneficial for I, Hitler to claim? Yeah, you know? I, I really don't know. I mean, it's really strange. I, I don't know if he did modify it in any way, but if you've ever been an original Beetle, they're, mm. they're pretty tiny inside. Yeah, they're tight quarters. Rel- relatively. Yeah. Relatively, yeah. I mean, you got some room in the front, but if you get in the back... I know. That's... Seems that's, like it's built for kids. That's why I think the, the yeah. middle seat has got to be the baby seat. <laughs> it must be. We yeah. couldn't fit. We couldn't fit five of us in there. Must be. So uh, anyway, so well, we're back to the sixties. Yeah. Well, we're. I mean, I guess we can. We're pretty much wrapping up the history of this thing because, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we'll get into the, the the modern stuff. I think you're going to talk a little bit about the modern stuff, right? I'm and gonna. Well, I'm gonna complain a little bit. About <laughs> that's the no problem. Stuff. But one thing I do want to mention before we before we move mm. on um, is that the 
the, you know, the Beatle in, I believe it was in uh, 1972. Mm-hmm. 1972, it finally passed the Ford Model T as the, um, I want to get this right, the longest run of any single model. So the Model T ran from, actually the Model T ran from 1908 to 1927. It had a 19-year production history. Mm-hmm. And they built 15 million cars. Well, in 1972, the Beetle finally passed that number by, you know, producing 15 million vehicles. But remember, that one had been around since, uh, the, well, I guess it would be the you know, the 40s. Is that right? Yes. I, yeah. forget, I don't know when the actual, because, you know, we're talking about all these prototypes and then finally production, mm-hmm. which started in 40s, well, you know, the mid-40s. Let's say the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had the very first production number, but I don't. Well, we, we can find that. it. Yeah, or, I'll have to dig into or that. Or Gary might, and, know, uh, Skip Rat might know. So, fine, you know, but the thing is, you know, that was 1972 when they finally passed that. Mm-hmm. And then Ford said, well, wait a minute, we've uh, we've mistaken. You know, we've got a little, we've got some revised production numbers we've come up with here. But mm-hmm. then Volkswagen, of course, continued to produce the Beetle until, I believe it was 1985 in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So they were producing, <laughs> this is really strange, up until 1985, and they were producing them in Mexico and then importing them or exporting them back to Germany. So uh, you're, you know, a lot of the uh, the bugs that are in Germany right now that are from that later era are actually HO in Mexico. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, but they've, uh, you know, I think it was in 1981, they actually had produced their 20 millionth. So 20 million. 20 million, and that was in 81, and they went on another four years to produce that original Beetle design. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, there was a gap. And uh, then they came back with the new Beetle. The modern design. The modern design, Which that's is, right. and you know, I, we did say, we did tell Clint and Gary that we we're going to talk about the history of the Beetle. We've covered that. I, so I don't want to go into the modern stuff except to make a complaint. Because I, I don't want to keep <laughs> us here too long. That's I'm right. going to complain about the when, when the vehicle came back, which I think is a, a really efficient and unique stylish and reliable mm-hmm. most importantly vehicle oh sure that you thing know? created a lot of buzz do you remember yeah. how uh, i mean it was kind of like a, almost like a celebrity type thing that you would see them sure. you'd see them here and there and everybody would point and stare and it was just because mm-hmm. it had been gone from our landscape for so long that when it came back and mm-hmm. here it looks so similar to the original mm-hmm. you know, similar and it's part of it's part of american culture yeah. just the bug and say yeah exactly like, you, have you ever played punch bug i have I um, have been playing a continuous game of punch bug for about 15 years now. <laughs> That's great. Me and this view, uh, me and my best friend. So great, yeah. I never know what's going to happen. But the one complaint I do have about the the modern version, uh, the newer version, when it first came out, the marketing was almost positioned as though it was meant to be just a girl's car. Oh, careful, Ben. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. And I, I just, I, I, I wanted to put that out there to see if anybody else thought that. Now, I'm not saying the vehicle itself, but I'm saying the way it was marketed. Okay, I could, I could understand that. You're mm-hmm. saying that uh, it's not unheard of for uh, you know, a man to drive a Volkswagen Beetle. However, it was, it was seems like it was directed towards a female audience. And I don't, you know, I don't know how they came up with that marketing research. Yeah. Is something we have to cover in another podcast. But see, man, the ice is not as thin as you thought yeah, it was so. when I was yeah. taking you there. No, I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, stop the hate mail. We uh, <laughs> please stop <laughs> we, the death. No, threats. he's just saying that the uh, that the marketing was pushed that way, and I think mm-hmm. there have been other cars in in history that have you know kind of been 
mm -hmm. I guess, pushed in that direction. Yeah, it's interesting when you look back and see how a company decides to sell a car. But then, so is every other car marketed towards men, or see, is it? See, that's the now it, you're taking us back on. Yeah, that or, is it, uh, or yeah. is it, or is it, or is it that they're marketed towards both, and you know, just mm -hmm. whoever. Whoever snatches it up. Yeah, I think a lot of times it's marketed more by age. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I more think you're right. Like you know, eighteen thirty-five, and then I don't know who who makes a car and says this car is only for people seventy and up. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think anybody does that. There might be. Who knows? You're probably right. But so Buick. <clears throat> with that, did somebody I, say? I, I, I thought I heard someone in the back of the room yell Buick. What? Oh, um, hang no, on. Let's no, no, that's. No, that's that's a rumor. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, whoever it was. Oh, is good. Gone. I'm glad that guy's out of the room. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> You're crazy. Yeah, you, the thing, yeah. are crazy. Yeah. Well, I guess that's uh, you know, Clint, Gary. I uh, hope we've answered your questions. Um, Scott, one thing I'd like to do in the future is talk about some of these uh, VW car clubs too. Yes, they're yes. everywhere. Yeah, we just we just you know went through the the, uh, the history. Yeah, the evolution of this the mm. the Beetle really, and and honestly. There's so many little pieces of this that we could we could tackle, we could go into, and I'm sure that you know Clint and, and Gary are wishing for more. Mm -hmm. uh, we can we can go into the the camper wagons, we can go into the uh, you know the the Baja Super Beetles. Mm -hmm. uh, we can we can do all kinds of different things with this. You know the original ones with the the oval shaped window with a split in the middle. Um, See, we know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of this, and the engine the engine variations throughout the years. There's just mm -hmm. a lot of stuff stuff that we can cover. Um, you know, on this one topic, so. Mm -hmm. This is just kind of the broad intro and, you know, where we go from here, who knows? Scott, the thing, Benjamin, I think that was uh, a pretty awesome overview of stuff on uh, of the history of the VW Beetle. However, we've got more on the website, right? Oh, yeah, we've got a lot on the website. We've got a lot of uh, VW Beetle overview type articles mm -hmm. that um, you, know, you can you can find that they're broken up into like uh, years, like sixty to sixty nine, something or, like yeah. that. Yeah, they're broken up into segments. Uh, I, a little bit irregular in the years that they're broken up mm -hmm. into, but I believe that's uh, you know due to, to model changes and things like that. Sure. But uh, very informative, uh, pretty good information on that on mm -hmm. that site. And, guys, we're about done here. We're going to head out, uh, I don't know, maybe take a road trip, maybe go see if we can find that spider from earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's know. right, that can mm -hmm. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, and in the uh, meantime, if you guys uh, have any ideas for an upcoming episode, uh, drop us a line. And, uh, you know, if there's anything else you would like to learn about uh, automobiles, automotive technology, how to fix your car, or a thousand other uh, fascinating things, visit our website, HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.